you are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Among NFL agents, Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Pace doesn't appear to be well-liked, but also doesn't appear to be hated by any means. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox, and I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today we will continue with part three of the Locked On Podcast Network NFC North crossover podcast, breaking down the Chicago Bears specifically today as we go team by team all this week. But before we get to that, we'll update you on an interesting poll of NFL agents who shared some of their thoughts on general managers and teams and the offseason in particular, and they had a few things to say about the Bears and also notable what they didn't say about the Bears. This week over at The Athletic, two of their senior writers did a sort of informal poll of NFL agents, 30 of them to be specifically, it's more of a survey than a poll, to get their different thoughts on the offseason, both football and non-football things that have happened surrounding the NFL, but also, you know, the latest news, some different front offices, some general managers, some evaluators, and also just some of the other biggest news and storylines from the offseason. And as you might expect, the Chicago Bears were not one of the biggest storylines from the offseason. They had their splashes here and there with the Nick Foles trade and a few free agent signings here and there, but a lot of other things happened that overshadowed much of what the Bears did. So they weren't a heavy topic of discussion throughout the piece. One agent who, again, these guys all were able to remain anonymous, but they did use 30 of them to try and get more of a consensus opinion. It's still relatively a small subsection of agents, so that's not to say this is representative of how every agent feels, but it does give us some firsthand perspectives from people who are directly dealing with these NFL evaluators and decision makers, and not even that these agents necessarily know best, because plenty of agents have made plenty of questionable decisions and have even questionable character behind them, but all of these guys have been anonymized, which gives them a little bit more freedom to speak their mind and say what they're going to say, and one of them uh, was fairly critical of the Bears signing Jimmy Graham for the two-year $16 million contract. The quote they included in the athletic article was, quote, did they watch his tape? That was a shocking contract to me. There's no way anybody else would have offered him that kind of money. That's more or less the main, like, specific statements on something the Chicago Bears did this offseason specifically. But I thought what was interesting is as they went further on into the survey, they asked all 30 agents, among general managers or front office leaders, whom do you trust the most? And the winner was Chris Ballard from the Colts, who was one of the finalists for the Bears general manager job. And a number of other GMs got at least one vote. I actually counted up 19 different general managers were considered among the most trustworthy among the 30 agents that voted. One of them was Reggie McKenzie, who is currently not a general manager in the NFL, but the Packers had one of their decision makers listed once, the Vikings in there as well. The Lions joined the Bears with not being any of the 19 general managers voted as one of the most trustworthy, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, do you want 
you want trust between a team and an agent to negotiate good faith deals. But at the same time, general managers probably have some pretty good reasons not to be too trustworthy of agents. So the athletic reporters flipped the other direction and said, among general managers or front office leaders, whom do you trust the least? And again, a dozen or so general managers getting that sort of recognition for at least a single vote, but not Ryan Pace. So again, not the most trusted, but also not in the least trusted. And the questions kind of go on. Who is the smartest? Who is the toughest negotiator? Who is the best talent evaluator? And in all of those categories, not a single vote for Ryan Pace. And so I think it sort of leaves him somewhere in the middle of the pack in terms of the public perception. He's not viewed as a surefire elite general manager, decision maker, talent evaluator, etc., But he's also not universally viewed as a bad general manager who's on the brink of being fired and shouldn't be trusted by players. It seems like he's kind of found this happy medium in the middle and could definitely do better, but could definitely do worse. And I I think that does say something about where the Chicago Bears stand as a front office. And the other area the Bears got a quick mention in was the question about who are some future general managers to watch. And the Bears assistant director of player personnel, Champ Kelly, was one of the names that got a shout out among 15 or 20 other different executives from across the NFL. But good to know there's at least some positive view of some of the evaluators in Ryan Pace's front office, even if he doesn't necessarily get quite the same recognition, he does seem to have surrounded himself with at least some quality co-workers. I know I really appreciate having quality co-workers here on the Locked On Podcast Network so we can get together for things like the Locked On NFC North crossover, where we're going through each NFC North team this week. Today, it is time to go through the Chicago Bears and get some different perspectives on their expectations for Chicago this season. We'll dive in next on Locked On Bears. Welcome back into day three of this Locked On Podcast Network NFC North crossover. I am, of course, Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears, joined by Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers, Lucas Braun from Locked On Vikings, and Matt Deary from Locked On Lions. And it's our turn to go through this Chicago Bears offseason a little bit. And if you don't know what's been going on with the Bears this offseason, you have been living under a rock, even with everything else going on in the world today. There's been no shortage of Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky discussion around Chicago and really around the NFL national talking points. It is an open quarterback competition, one that will be interesting if and when teams can start practicing and what preseason games are going to look like, because for now it's still Trubisky as the starter, but Foles is fully expected to take over at some point. feels like more of a matter of when rather than if. But they're trying to build up a little bit more so around them to support the quarterback position, try and put a little bit less pressure on them, revamp the tight end position. Gone is Trey Burton. Likely soon to be gone is former second-round pick Adam Shaheen. And in is new second-round pick Cole Komet and the former Green Bay Packer Jimmy Graham. They also made some additions defensively with Robert Quinn coming in the pass rush and a couple of different changes in the secondary. But I want to start with Jimmy Graham because on my podcast, we've talked with Peter Bukowski from Lockdown Packers about that a little bit, but I I wanted to circle back to that with sort of this new role, because before it it was going to be the Jimmy Graham show, now Cole Clement is in there as a potential complement at this tight end spot. Peter, do you think Jimmy Graham's 
decline in terms of age can be slowed down by sort of alternating this role with with having another tight end there in terms of maybe having him play fewer snaps or when you look at what he did in Green Bay coming to what he can do in Chicago is it just purely that he has lost that step and doesn't matter how much he's going to play he's just not going to be that same guy on fewer snaps I have a follow-up question. Have the Bears perfected the procedure that scientists did to Wolverine in the comic books? Because if yes, then they can deal with the physical decline. If not, I think they're going to have some trouble. No, in all seriousness, Jimmy Graham only played 57%, uh, tick under 58% of snaps last year for the Packers, um, despite the fact that, that he was healthy most of the year. They managed his snaps. I mean, Mercedes Lewis played 45%. They made sure that big Bob Tanyan was getting reps. They made sure that Jay Sternberger and even something called an Evan Bayless was getting reps as well. And, and that is because they didn't think that Jimmy Graham physically could do everything that they needed him to do. Now, part of that is because his blocking is not very good. And part of that is because at his age, with the amount of miles that he has on his legs, you want him out there on third down. You want him out there in the red zone and and giving him the best opportunity for him to succeed based on what he still has left. Uh, to me, the Bears signing Jimmy Graham was the, the most head-scratching move of the offseason. The Packers thought he had something left that the Seahawks knew he didn't. And now the Bears are signing him, believing he has something left that two teams have decided he doesn't. And I just, I don't know what scenario he could be in that would make him a useful player at this point. And I hate to be that blunt about it because I think he's a really good guy. I think he is one of the best tight ends of his generation. But unfortunately for these players, in a lot of these cases, just physically, when it's over for them, it's over. And I'm sorry, but it's over Jimmy Graham. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how this plays out because I, I come from the same perspective you do, Peter, from having watched him in, in Green Bay and Seattle and feeling like, yeah, I don't think the Bears have much to get there. But then Matt Nagy has done nothing but rave about Jimmy Graham, and it, it feels like this was sort of like their big... Who are you going to believe? Uh, uh, Ryan Pace or your lion eyes, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like they have this vision of like Jimmy Graham being excellent this season and being this missing piece, and like he was the guy that they really seemed like they wanted to get to fix this Bears offense, and... We'll, we'll see. <laughs> that's that's going to kind of be, I mean, it's sort of the same discussion with Nick Foles, where again, it's like a, a little bit of a head scratcher with the other quarterbacks that were available this offseason, but the Bears feel like he knows the system and he's he's a winner and he's been a Super Bowl MVP and, you know, ignored the, the three seasons in between his good seasons where he, he had some real struggles, but they feel like he could be that difference maker. And I, I know one person in this chat knows a lot about uh, Nick Foles' successful years, Lucas Braun from Locked On Vikings. I, I know I know it's a it's a sore subject, but I guess why for for Bears fans who are skeptical about Nick Foles, why, why are you so afraid of him? Oh, so it's just a, a confluence of many different black magics, like the the Vikings in Soldier Field black magic, <laughs> the uh, curse of like Nick Foles and what he did to the Vikings in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. We still think about it all the time. Wake up in cold sweats. 
Um, and I think what happened in that game and the strength that you can uh, like rely on Nick Foles for is that he is an executor of a plan. And the reason he's kind of a career backup is that he doesn't add anything beyond that. He doesn't add like Kirk Cousins is an executor of a plan. He, you know, like a game manager, even if you will. But he does so with a ton of accuracy and a good arm and like a lot of skills that like make it so that you can kind of leverage that to really good offense. Those are for important. Nick Foles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for Nick Foles, it's that he can't like he will not freelance or do any or, or make too many dumb decisions. Um, but he will make some bad throws and that'll hurt you. And that's kind of why it's as poorly as Mitch Trubisky has played. That's why it's still a discussion that like, can he even beat Mitch Trubisky? So for the Vikings, it's just, he probably just like has our number. And there are a lot of players still in the building that were in that, that 2017 NFC championship game. If they have to go up against Nick Foles again, it's absolutely going to be in their heads. And you know, it's funny because even though the bears took that step back last season, I don't think the Vikings are the only team that are going to have the Bears in their head a little bit when they rematch in 2020. We'll turn our attention to the Detroit Lions and then look at how this Bears quarterback situation will affect the rest of the roster next on Locked on Bears. We've seen just how important the quarterback play is in this division, and I I notice when it when it comes to these Detroit Lions, Matt Deary, that those seem to be the one team last season and the recent seasons that Mitch Trubisky's been able to, for whatever reason, put it all together against those Lions defenses. And I think it speaks to some of what we talked about earlier this week with uh, the discussions about Darius Slay and Devontae Adams and how teams seem to know what the Lions are doing defensively. So much man coverage coming from that Patriots system. And that seems to be where Mitch Trubisky can be successful because there's not a lot of deception. And if he can, if it can be simplified for him and he knows what's coming and knows where he can put the ball, that's been like the one area he's been able to be successful so is there any indication that things might change in that regard for the Lions or that they may have added enough talent to be a little bit less predictable and a little bit more consistent even if they are a little bit predictable I don't know I mean I I think the Lions like that you know rush three drop eight routine and um and the man coverage stuff is not going to change look they fired Paul Pasqualoni the defensive coordinator and hired Corey Unlin who is was a secondary coach in Philadelphia um, but I still think this is Patricia's defense. Now, if you watch, if you just, just watch the tape of Trubisky against the Lions, it's right up there with Joe Montana, Tom Brady. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, this is like stuff you show your kids, you know, and, and your grandkids like watch, watch number 12 against this uh, team in, in white and silver. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So you would hope that this season that the Lions would find a way to get to the passer, whomever it's going to be. Uh, but they just did not do that in those two games against the Bears, and, and Trubisky ate them alive. But as far as changing the, the philosophy of the defense, uh, to kind of go to your question, Lauren, I, I don't see it. I, I think the Lions are going to stay with what they know. I think this is the Patricia way. It's the Patriot way. They feel like they've got better players now. Outside of Darius Slay leaving, I, don't, I, I still have questions about the secondary. I do think a guy like Tracy Walker on the back end is, is going to be a budding star at safety. Jamie Collins is 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 an upgrade. Um, we'll see about the pass rush. Uh, pass rush getting to Sean Hand healthy will help them. Uh, but as far as changing a philosophy, uh, they've burned those Bears tapes. But I don't think all of a sudden just because Trubisky lit them up twice that they're going to be sending six, seven, eight guys at them this year. 
I like to imagine Mitch Trubisky bouncing his grandkids on his knee saying, one time I did a great oh. thing against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> it was the Lions and the Buccaneers a couple seasons ago when he threw oh, five yeah, touchdowns game. and everybody thought he was going to be the Hall of Famer you know, after that game. But clearly uh, some, some... Like 30% of his QBR was derived from that one game that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, I mean, that's ultimately where we're, we're left with this Bears team. And I, I feel bad because, uh, you know, like the, the huge addition was Robert Quinn to pair him with Khalil Mack. And, you know, they've got a, a competition at cornerback. They've got a new starting safety next to Eddie Jackson. They've got kind of running it back with a lot of their front seven and offensive line players. There, there's, there's some other storylines on this team, but yet it still feels like, most of that doesn't matter if they can't get either of these quarterbacks to be productive. And I guess that's kind of where I, I wanted to leave it open-ended here is, and it's funny because like Lucas has his, his Nick Foles experiences and now Matt has his Mitch Trubisky experiences. So then Peter, do you think it makes much of a difference whether it's Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky? Do you feel like there, there can be an elevated level of play from one of those two quarterbacks or, or where's your confidence level in, in this Bears offense? Well, I mean, I, I think certainly uh, I would be less confident in Mitch Trubisky, but I, the the problem for the Bears is I wouldn't have very much confidence in Nick Foles playing 16 games. So the problem there is how how can I have confidence in Nick Foles if I'm not sure Nick Foles is going to play? If if the season starts and Nick Foles is the starter and he plays 16 games, yeah, they're they're a much scarier offense to me with Nick Foles than Mitch Trubisky for all of the reasons that we can name but not the least of which is because the offense at least two years ago was decent to, to right below average. I think by DVOA, it was still like 25th or something, but Allen Robinson is really good. And I, I still like Anthony Miller and I still think Matt Nagy is a good coach. Although I think he's going to be um, the, the chief's offensive coordinator next year. Um, it, it's just Ouch. the kind of thing that I, I think that Nick Foles is, is unreliable in a different kind of way than Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I think 10 games of one and six games of another is the most likely outcome here. Yeah, it's it's a very uncertain future in Chicago with not only the quarterback position, but then if, if quarterback doesn't pan out the way they should, then all of a sudden is it uncertain at head coach like you hinted at there and maybe uncertain at general manager. And I feel like some of those uh, uneasiness feelings are also being you felt. You hate to see it, Lauren. <laughs> you really do. But but some of those uneasy feelings are also being felt in Detroit. And on tomorrow's crossover podcast, we're going to hear all about Matt Deary's Lions and what we can expect from Matt Stafford and Matt Patricia next season. Thanks again to Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings, Matt Deary from Locked On Lions, and Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers for continuing the NFC North crossover conversation with us. As you might expect, you talk to three divisional rivals, you're not going to get glowing reviews of the Chicago Bears when they're coming off of a disappointing 8-8 eight and eight season. So there's some, some hard truth that the team needs to face and some real improvement that they need to do in 2020 before they can start earning some of that respect back that maybe they started to gather a little bit in 2018. And certainly no sure thing with, with what this Bears roster is looking ahead to in 2020. But also no sure thing for the Packers, Vikings, or Lions either. So make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On Bears wherever you listen to podcasts to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Tomorrow we will wrap up the four crossover podcasts with the Detroit Lions. And then on Friday, we will hear from 
a fantasy football analyst who's done some great work on this Chicago Bears group in particular. We'll talk about which players are draftable, which ones aren't, and why even one or both of these Bears quarterbacks could have some value, even if it's not in the full season-long format. So we'll have plenty more Bears goodies coming your way before we even start previewing training camp in depth next week. We are so freaking close to football season, I can almost taste it. Hopefully everything is able to hold together from a pandemic standpoint, but no matter what happens, we will be here for you and still find some sort of reason to bear down.